Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message.
Persevering not just to stay married, but to flourish in marriage. Persevering in finances, not just to pay off your debt, but to become a person that actually has a little extra sometimes. So that you can be a blessing. Right. Do you know the story of the Good Samaritan? Would not happen unless the guy had a little extra. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that giving Christmas away initiative and all the things that we try to do as a church and try to add value to people's lives? We can't do any of those if no one has any extra. So one of the biggest lies going around is that God wants you broke. God just doesn't want money to own you. He wants you to own money. wants you to manage money. He doesn't want it in your heart. He wants to be number one. But guess what? How many know that life you can actually get great blessing sometimes if you had something? Sometimes the best thing you can do for the poor is not be poor. Like when we go, I mean the third world countries, the best thing you can do for the poor is not be one. Because you can't help no one. The best thing you can do for sick people is not be sick. The best thing you can do for someone who needs help in their relationship is actually have a decent one yourself. Right? The best thing you can do spiritually for someone is actually have a fresh, real, powerful connection to God yourself. Because when you have some spirituality and you have the life of Jesus flowing in you, you can help someone. Do you believe that, church alive? So we're going to jump into a passage of scripture, uh, Nehemiah chapter 2. Says this, Nehemiah chapter 2, I skipped Acts 10, I might get back to that, but Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 17, says this. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Now, watch this now. Here's the inspirational kind of Tony Robbins moment of his life. He says, Come. Someone say, Come. Come. It means gather. Come, let us. Rebuild. He's speaking to a bunch of people and he's saying, let's go do something great for God. The children of Israel, the city is broken down. There is devastation everywhere. Families are literally getting sold in slavery. It is literally like ISIS took over America. It is a bad place. And Nehemiah has the moment where he could be comfortable. He could be complacent. He could be apathetic. He could be stuck. But he decides to step up to the plate. And he says, you know what? I'm going to knock this one home. And he gathers a bunch of people around. He says, hey, let's do something great for God. Does that sound good? So when you do something great for God, how many know the starting stuff is easy? Perseverance harder. Like, like, starting something, how many know that dreaming's kind of easy? Having a dream for God. Like, I had a dream. I had a dream. <laughs> and having a dream is the easy bit. Doing it's the harder bit. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. What about, what about this side of the room? Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. Alright, just check. What about this side of the room? Are you with me? Room. Praise God, you're going to help this white boy preach this thing. Come on. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 2 says this though. He says, Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. And someone say it's a start. It's a start. But watch what happens Nehemiah 2 verse 19. But when Samuel, the Horonite, divided the Ammonite, the official, and gets from the Arab, heard about it, they mocked us and they ridiculed us. They said, What is this you doing? <laughs> Are you rebelling against the king? Haven't you noticed that when you try and move forward, there's a voice that mocks you? Yes. And sometimes it's not even a friend, sometimes it's not a cousin, sometimes it's not Bobby, it's you. Like, I've actually noticed that one of the strongest voices 
that I have to negate and I have to not listen to isn't a friend or it isn't a cousin or it isn't a relative. It's the internal voice. If you don't shut that bad boy down, it'll shut you down. And so I want to encourage some people today that you can do something great for God. You can have a life that moves forward, but you're going to have to persevere through to the other side. There are times when you're going to want to quit. It's like this neighbor say, don't quit. But when you don't quit, listen to me, when we think, here's what I've found, that the enemy actually puts in our mind quitting being attractive. You ever found that? Like, quitting being like, oh my gosh, I'll quit this thing. Let's just quit. Doesn't it feel good for you to say, let's quit? This is what it's like, quit, I'm just quitting. You feel good for a day. And you're like, quit to what? See, if you quit, what do you quit to? If you quit marriage, what do you quit to? Because you're like, well, I'm going to find a better one. How do you know? Because if 30% of first-time marriages fail, do you know the statistic is 60% of second-time marriages fail? And 70% of third-time marriages fail? Which means when you quit the first one, actually, you didn't necessarily find something better. Now, I'm not trying to discourage you if you're married for the second time, but for you, hang on to it. Because if you get married the third time, guess what? There's more chance that you'll quit on the third one. And then eventually you're like Elizabeth Taylor, like, hey, seven times. She's like, I won't quit, I won't keep you long. Oh. Don't quit. Don't quit on this stage. Well, watch this now. Nehemiah 2 verse 19, it says this. They mocked them and they ridiculed them. Haters going to hate. Players going to play, right? Haters going to hate. You're going to have negative voices sometimes in your life when you're trying to move things forward. How many of you have got progress in your life even over the last three weeks just by being part of this series? Put it in your hand quickly. Okay, but how many of you set some goals and you didn't achieve all of them? Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that discouraging? Like, I lead this thing. <laughs> Which means, and sometimes I set goals for myself, and then later I go, I didn't even get it. I, I, I forgot. <laughs> my forgettery is better than my memory sometimes. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm trying to encourage people, motivate people, and so forth, and then sometimes I go, I said, like, oh, man, that's what I heard. No, but I found it's way better to set a goal and then realize you didn't do it and set another goal 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 because if I quit persevering, what do I quit to? Yeah. What do I quit to in my finances? You're like, oh, I'm quitting my job. What are you going to do? <laughs> like, I don't know. I didn't think about that one. <laughs> and then six, eight weeks later, ten weeks later, you realize you're like, I'm broke. It wasn't such a good idea. Sometimes you meet someone and they quit a relationship and six weeks later they're coming on back like, hey, I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? Because they thought quitting was the answer. Quitting is not the answer. Quitting your faith. Listen to me. Quitting your faith is never the answer. So many people quit church. I'm, I'm quitting. I had a bad experience. Someone treated me wrong. I've been to restaurants. They treated me wrong. I don't quit restaurants. 
I might find a different restaurant. I might just find a different waitress or waiter. Are you with me? Yeah. I've got hurt playing sports. I don't quit sports. Yeah. Expect hard times. Yeah. Can you slap your neighbor and tell them tough it up? <laughs> Come on, tell them tough it up. <laughs> tell the person you really want to tell to now. Now tough it up. Listen to what the Bible says. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 7 says this, But when Sandal, Tobiah, the Arab, the Amorites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, he says this, they were very angry. This is Nehemiah 2, we just read. Now it's Nehemiah 4. It's a different season of negativity. It's a different season where words and thoughts and people's opinions are coming against your life. You know what's strange? The greatest enemy to me often walking the walk of faith is not actually other people's opinions. It's, it's, it's me thinking what other people are thinking. It's me thinking, what does that person think about what I do? What does that person think about my social media post? What does that person do? Because you know what I've found? We actually get stuck, or we allow ourselves to get stuck where other people met us. Think about this for a second. They met you in high school, and you were partying in high school, doing all kinds of dumb stuff in high school, and now all of a sudden you get baptized, and you see someone, and all they know, you were that drunk guy, you were that high guy, you were sleeping around with everyone and anyone, so forth. You just lack character, and then what happens is we see people, and we let them almost take a Kodak moment of our life and freeze, and I just want to give everyone an encouragement to say, you can keep growing. You can keep changing. You can keep moving forward. You don't have to stay stuck where you were. Just because you were a liar, don't stay a liar. Right? Just because you were lazy, don't mean you stay lazy. Just because you had a bad relationship, that doesn't mean you're going to keep that pattern. We have to break the power of patterns and unhealthy cycles in our life. Through the power of His Word, the power of God, the power of His Spirit, the power of white people, but by sometimes just persevering. Yeah. Like sometimes I think the devil stops showing up to your life if you just keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like, well, I've bugged this person long enough. And they won't quit. I'm going to go bug someone else now. See, if the devil can just, if he can stop you praising and thanking, he can get you. But if you keep praising and keep thanking, keep yeah. praising and keep thanking, keep praising, keep thanking, keep showing up, keep moving forward, keep your progress, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep on going. So like, you, know, you might be like, Anthony, I've tried everything in my health. We'll just quit. If you quit, what's that going to look like? Tried everything in my relationship. Have you really? Have you been to counseling? Like, no. Have you read a book on it? No. Right? I tried everything to pray. Talk to God. Have you really had to shut up every Sunday at church? I'm trying to get some people unstuck from where they are. Listen, when God wants you unstuck, you're going to have to persevere. Yeah. I'll tell you this. There were days in our church. We are seeing God do more good things in our church than we've ever seen before. But I can tell you this. It would be easier. Many years ago, it would have been nice to quit. Just quit. Quit! Quit right now! <laughs> Quit to what? 
quit. A year later, you quit. Quit on an average too early. Quit on some sons and daughters. Let me say this. Listen, I've, I've talked to many people who've, who've had divorces, part of their story and so forth, and a man leaves a, a wife or a husband and kids and so forth, but kids never say, Daddy left Mommy. They always say, Daddy left us. Daddy left us. Daddy didn't think when he quit that would affect us. I'm going to tell you today, Oh, I just want to come alongside you and say, listen, keep, keep becoming a man God's called you to be. Keep becoming a woman God's called you to be. Yeah. Do you believe that, church yeah. alive? Yeah. Come on, if you do, give the Lord a hand. Nehemiah 34, verse 13 and 14 says this, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord your God, who is great and awesome. Watch this now. And fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. There's so much fighting on social media right now, but I just want to tell you, fight for your family. Yeah. Yeah. Fight for your sons. Fight yeah. for your daughters. Fight to become the person God has told you to become. Yeah. Let me say, suggest this. Who not is just fighting for you? Because you need some people in your corner. Right? When life is getting you, you need some people in your corner. But I want to go deeper than this. I want, you, I want to know this. Who are you fighting for? Sometimes we ask the question, who's fighting for me? I think it's more important you ask the question, who am I fighting for? Because if you, if you answer, who am I fighting for? If you're fighting for someone, if you're fighting for the house of God, if you're fighting for your family, guess what? Other people will naturally fight for you. Because they know you have their back. Are you with me, church alive? Come on, is anyone with me? The key ingredient of winning in life is perseverance. That ain't sexy, but it's true. The key ingredient of winning in life is sometimes just showing up again. The key to winning in life in any area is just a tiny bit more progress and a tiny bit more progress. Gosh. Quitting's up ready. Have you ever wanted to quit? Stop your hand with this. Just admit it. Want to quit? Wasn't that feeling just like, just quit? Just, I just quit. And then thank God you didn't quit. Because later you're like, oh, that would have been a disaster. Like in eighth grade, I quit high school. <laughs> that felt good for four days. And then you're like, I miss my friends. They're all in school. Don't quit. You might want to quit a job. You might want to quit a business. You might want to quit a relationship. Sometimes people quit on the relationship with God. And most of the time they don't think they're quitting on the relationship with God. They just quit on church. But church is the very place that will foster your relationship with God. Church, the house of God is the place you hear the word of God. The house of God is the place you'll be encouraged to pray. The house of God is the, the place where you'll be encouraged to feed the faith that you have. There is no one, there is not one other place like the house of God that is for your life as much as the purposes of Jesus. And so what does the enemy want to do? He wants to make you ineffective. So if he can cut off your relationship from the house of God, let me tell you this, he can cut off the fruitfulness of your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Can I have the worship team to come back? I'm going to invite them early today. 
Hebrews chapter 12 says this. This is the last scripture. I'm going to try to land this shit. Hebrews chapter 12 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything. Someone say everything. everything. Now, it doesn't mean clothes. Okay? It means mindsets and hindrances that hinder us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Now, watch this now, church. This is so vital to every single person flourishing in their life. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. God has a race marked out for me. God has a race marked out for you. It is unique to you. It is unique to your calling, your gifting. But there's a race that you've got to run. There's a race that I have to run. And God actually expects me, if, if He has a plan for my life, do you know that God actually expects me to persevere until I do it? God expects me to do that. But listen, He says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of my faith, for the joy that was set out before Him, He endured the cross, scorning its shame, and He sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. Now watch this, this is the, the application to that scripture. He says, consider Him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. If I think about my sacrifice, I grow weary. If I think about what I give up, I grow weary. If I think about the, the hard times, I grow weary. If I think about my struggle and my fight, and I talk about my struggle and my fight all the time, I actually grow weary. When I look at Jesus, I go, I didn't sacrifice nothing. I literally, like, it's almost embarrassing. Like, if I look at Jesus and I'm literally thinking about the cross, and then I think about my level of sacrifice, I'm just like, <laughs> sorry, Lord. Yeah. Let, me, let me say this. Every Christian that I ever meet, that if they're losing their fire, losing their passion, and they feel like they're kind of burning out, they're thinking too much about their sacrifice, and they're never thinking about Jesus' sacrifice. They're never thinking about what the Lord did for them. But when you and I think about what did the Lord do for us, that communion moment where we sit and think about Jesus shed on the cross, His blood for me, and so forth, and now I'm going to whine that someone's going to get up early and pray, someone's going to whine that I have to give and sacrifice, someone's going to whine that I'm going to serve and love people and forgive people and just, just keep on pushing forward. Like it's almost embarrassing. You're just like, Lord, this is all you've got me to do? Your sacrifice is nothing compared to the Lord. So how do you not go weary? You look at His sacrifice, not your sacrifice. Have you ever felt like, have you ever, just be honest for a second, have you ever felt like in your own faith, or maybe a marriage, or maybe a relationship, or you sacrifice and you kind of sacrifice? And when I look at my sacrifice, and I stare at it, Jesus, the author, and the fact of our faith, the joy set before me, do it across. Consider him. 
comparison to the one who actually died on the cross for you. And so I pray that the Holy Spirit would just put new wind in your sails so that you could truly run the race at the speed of which you are called to run this race. As of those of you here today, you've never said yes to Jesus. Or maybe years ago you did and you know you've been running with your friends' voices in your head and not your heavenly father. God of heaven loves you. The God of heaven has a plan for your life. He's been drawing you these last number of months. Some of you, this is your first time here today and you're checking out church and you feel like God's been speaking to you sometimes in the car, sometimes at night. He's been drawing you. And uh, this moment is a moment where he says, Son, this is the reason why I've been drawing you. I want you to come back in a relationship with me. So I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment and that prayer will connect you to the person of Jesus. You cannot clean yourself up to get to God. Only His blood and only His grace can. So I'm going to ask you to pray a simple prayer. But that prayer, if you'll do it from the bottom of your heart with faith, it'll be the most important prayer you ever pray. Because that prayer can change the trajectory of your life and your mind and your eternity. So why don't we pray this prayer together? Say, Jesus, thank you. You died on the cross. Rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me. Make me your child. From this day on, help me run the race my Father made for me. Help me know you, my purpose. Help me be a blessing wherever I go. Unlock me where I'm all locked up. In the mighty name of Jesus. My head's about nice and close, so I'm just going to ask you to pray that prayer in the business of God. Far away from God, I'm going to say yes to him for the very first time. I'm going to ask you on the counter for you to lift your hand with up high. Not to embarrass you, simply to recognize the decisions of faith that are being made in this house. So, one, two, three, all across this place, raise your hand, raise it up real high. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, honey. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. 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 Thank you over there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down now. Father, I pray for every hand. I pray for more important for every heart. I pray for the grace of God to touch their life in such a significant way. I pray for God that your grace would draw them to yourself like they've never been drawn before. Plant them in your house that they might grow and become the people they're meant to become. I ask this down in the right name of Jesus. And everybody said, Hey, Church Alive, can you use your hand? Good stuff. Good
God let spirit perseverance be in the heart of your men and your women. Help them run this race you call them to run that right. The awesome, majestic name of Jesus. Come on one more time, let's give the Lord a hand. Hey, once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. We are so blessed to be a part of your week, a part of your lives. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, and on YouTube so you can see more messages, hear more messages just like this, and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.